welcome to Play on K, the Korean drama podcast with Emily and Raquel. And this is the show where we take a K-drama, we watch it four episodes at a time, and then we get together here every week to talk about it. Yeah, this week we are reviewing the final four episodes of Mystic Pop-Up Bar. Does it not feel like the final four episodes, though? Does it kind of feel like there's going to be more? Like there's no closure, your heart is ready for more? Yeah, they did an interesting thing that I personally, as an emotional person, appreciate, wherein they set it up so that it could technically keep going forever. Like, they didn't <laughs> take anything away or necessarily end anything. They just resolved a lot of sadness for the characters. Mm. And then they were like, yeah, so actually we're pretty happy and we we all love each other and we're a family. Oh, I'm so glad you liked it because I admittedly did did not like it. I didn't. Like, the American in me wants 15 seasons. I want this to go on forever. I want them to keep this train going. But the Korean drama lover in me needs closure, needs them to kill every character at the end, have me cry my eyes out, and then be done forever and not never have to think about it again. It feels weird to not be given that. Yeah... So yeah, I, well, I do see what you mean. Like, it wasn't the best closure that we could have gotten from the movie, the show, but like, I also can't think of an ending personally that I would have preferred for Wolju, just because she kind of, she finally found peace with everything, and to an extent where she didn't want to be erased but she didn't want to reincarnate. Like, that didn't feel right either. She was just ready to help people, and that's kind of beautiful. I, maybe there was a different way they could have handled it, but... Yeah, and I think back to our complaints with the Won Hyung storyline, where he's kind of a lackluster villain that came up towards the end of the show, and so having him be the one that took out Wolju at the end, like if that was both of their finales, I feel like it would have been justifiable and could have felt cool if we liked Won Hyung more as a villain, but the fact that he just kind of showed up and seemed like a little petty bee, and then if he had killed off the main character right at the end, it would have felt <laughs> like just kind of a bummer. Yeah, yeah, I actually was way more upset when it seemed like she just fell into oblivion, because that was a very unsatisfying ending to me, that was just like, oh, okay, so not, like, nothing really gets resolved for the good boy, uh, Kong Bei, who I would die for, honestly, uh, so he just <laughs> has to live with that sadness? Because that's a, that's a lot, and it doesn't feel that meaningful that he has to live with that sadness. And then it kind of, yeah, when, when they re-resolved everything in a kind of better way. I was curious, though. Um, it kind of feels like Manager Gui dying was meaningless. Like, what right? was that? I don't know. That's where I'm at, where I think bringing back Wolju and giving her a to-be-continued felt right. 
especially with the villain that we had set up who took her out at the end, it felt better that she kind of came back and that her friends are the ones that brought her, brought her back, that it was uh, Samshin, is that her name? Yeah, Samshin that, like, mm-hmm. went to the gods and begged for her to be brought back every day. It's like, that's very cute. That's a perfect little ending. But Manager Gui was, like, stabbed saving the woman he loved. That felt like a solid ending for him. That felt full circle. He had finally protected her, just as he had always regretted not doing in their past life. So to be like, everything is fine, everyone gets a happy ending, was like, okay, like, the the real normal person part of my heart wants everybody to live and get a happy ending, but the dark, sad part of my heart kind of wanted someone to die, and it felt like Manager Gui had a real solid death that I could have gotten behind. Yeah, I think it also would have been interesting instead to, like, this one's tricky, but, I don't know, to reincarnate him or something wherein it's not just, like, okay, and now you're dead, and that's it, and that's all, and there's nothing that you can do or contribute to the world um, anymore, but it's not the end for anyone, because that's kind of a lot of the, I guess, it felt like a big part of the moral of the story, that nothing is really the end, unless you go to, like, the hell of extinction. But... Okay, um, that's a good point. Yeah, so, I mean, there's a couple different ways that they could have given closure on his storyline doing this without... I don't know. Yeah, but I think you're right. Like, he died for the woman he loved that he'd been waiting 500 years to protect. And so... And then he didn't. And then he didn't. (laughs) He lived. And she died and then lived also. So actually, none of it actually meant a whole bunch. What? (laughs) It's like... I know that that's good and I want it. And... To be honest, I didn't cry at either of their deaths. Like, I should. I loved them both so dearly, but for some reason I was like, ah, sad. Not like crying my eyes out sad, like episode five sad. Nowhere near that level. So it was kind of like, oh, and they're back. Same. I... Uh, I didn't really cry. I think the only other part that I got kind of emotional about was the little monologue at the end. And even then, it wasn't crying so much as just, like, getting a little choked when it talked about how it's okay to just, like, ask for help and the people up above are more forgiving than you think and there's a purpose. And then it had Wolju saying, come have a drink with me. Let me help you out. I was like, I have, so- I have grudges. I need help. <laughs> I don't. I don't. (laughs) I thought that was kind of sweet. It was, I thought, just the right side of cheesy to kind of, like, be the person who walks into the bar. Ooh. Yeah, that was a good point. Yeah. One thing I do also want to talk about with Wolju's death that made it feel so silly to me, it did not pass the refrigerator test to me because I didn't understand. Okay, so they're on a spiral staircase. 
and her good boy son is holding on to her arm. Why doesn't he just swing her to the staircase below? <gasps> That's what I was thinking. <laughs> I was like, you could just yeah. save her now. I don't even know if that counts as not passing the refrigerator test, because we didn't even make it near the refrigerator. If if it doesn't pass the test while you're watching it, if it distracts you from the show while you're watching it happen, I think that's a different kind of test that it failed, and that's fine. It's just, I understood that I don't know enough, enough about physics to say that it would have worked. I know that. I know how little I know. But if you're going to drop her anyways, then maybe just give it a shot. Yeah, like, like maybe your arm strength isn't enough to pull this off. I get it, Kongbei. You are not the most physically accomplished young man. Um, but it's worth a try, right? Yeah, it seems like the fear would be if you're holding on to someone and you start swinging them and you you try and toss them towards the staircase that they wouldn't make it, they would lose their grip or and would hit the staircase at the wrong angle or something and would just fall into the abyss. Worst case scenario. But again, if you're already in the place where you're like, I'm going to drop her either way, she's pretty much out of the equation then just give it a shot try and yeet her onto the next staircase just try Kongbei. just try and then and then if she missed or something i would have been like so satisfied if they had just explored that option like maybe she said hey goodbye i love you and he tried to swing her over and she tried and then you know the, and then death that i get it i'm here for it but explore the space with me. Explore the opportunities that we have in front of us is all I'm asking for. <laughs> but maybe it's just too dark to show her, <laughs> like, almost almost hitting the edge of the staircase and then slowly sliding off, like, the Lion King style, and then falling <laughs> into the abyss. It's like, oh, don't give us that last second of false hope. Just let her go. Yeah. Maybe. Maybe. I don't... Mm. <laughs> yeah. We're killed oh, Love's Lion King, though. I don't know. <laughs> that is my favorite Disney movie, so I am ready to be hurt by the Mufasa scene again. I say <laughs> kill more parents slowly by falling to their death. <laughs> That's what I say. <laughs> it's Rickel's vote. Dark. <laughs> I'm so sorry. My dog is just... He keeps reaching into a dog toy box that's next to my desk and pulling out every toy, including a little sweater that he just found in there. He just pulled out, like, a little dog sweater. Oh, That's so cute. And he's just littering the floor with toys. <laughs> Wholesome boy. Wholesome boy. Can we talk about Won Hyung for a minute? Because that guy did the most. He was really just... Can I just say that I think it would have made him a more interesting character if there had been something that could have changed his mind on his uh, quest to destroy Wolju and the king. Like, if there was literally anything that 
he could be presented with that showed that he was human at some point, the way his father suspected, and I don't know, just even a moment of sincere, I like, maybe I took this too far. I just think it would have, like, his character just didn't make sense to me, I guess is what I'm trying to say. It was too yeah. much anger. For 500 years, you were in hell holding on to this stupid grudge, and not once did you think, oh, maybe I kind of got what I deserved by betraying my best friend and destroying this rock who I had tricked into falling in love with me and burning down the house of this innocent woman. Like, none of those things are my fault. I'm still going to be petty and mad. It's like, not f- not for one second you thought of repentance that never crossed your mind that any of this was deserved. That's insane to me. Right? It's that, it's that he was so upset about them defending themselves in the face of him ruining their lives. He was like, it hurt his feelings that they were like, no, we're not going to let you do this. We're not going to let you overthrow the kingdom and murder innocent people. Yeah, it hurt his feelings so bad that they said that, that he literally held a 500-year grudge. I guess I don't get it. Can I also say really quick, it's said that the the prince beheaded him, like, a few times. And then what we saw was not a beheading, which I get. Like, they're not going to show someone being beheaded on a K-drama, but I was like, let's, uh, let's talk vernacular for a minute. He did not get beheaded. Don't be petty. You cannot go around being like, my best friend had me beheaded. He did not. Yeah, it actually kind of added more comedy to the situation because he just seemed like a dramatic fuck. Like, he just walked around just, like, spewing drama. Like, the most drama he could conjure up. What would make it worse that my best friend killed me? Do you- hey, hey, other demons, do you think it's a worse story if, like, I say he, like, like, a better story, but, like, he was a worse person if I say he beheaded me? <laughs> oh my god, Wan Hyung. Oh. <laughs> I just, yeah, I couldn't watch him as a villain, and it's it sat fine with me that he killed Manager Gui. I don't know, that one felt okay. Maybe it was also because they got an epic fight scene that was very well choreographed. Well done. We love to see it. But him also killing Wolju did not sit well, and I'm glad they retroactively took that away from him. Can I also say, before that scene where... (laughs) What? Nothing. Please keep going. Just between my dad watching Uh, a movie and my dog pulling toys out of a toy box. (laughs) It's... A noisy place for me. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I'll keep talking then. Can I also say that in that scene, before they died, we got freaking homegirl. I can't remember her name. Yorin. Got it. Yorin. Just combating 12 fully armed dudes. And she's like, yo, 
I can handle this. You guys go on ahead. That is the coolest thing I have ever seen in my life. She is my new favorite. Can we call her a female lead? Female interest? I love her. I love everything about her. There's nothing about her that isn't flawless. She walked into that place uh, and took on demons single-handedly. I just love that they set up the situation where she's saving her man, her damsel, and Mm -hmm. she is doing an amazing job, sweetie. (laughs) So good. What a good ending for that character. Like, we love to see the romance. We love to see her overcoming her trauma. The whole Cinnabare storyline, I'm here for it. I was interested. But the real ending that Yorvin deserved was kicking all those guys' butts and saving her boo. And she got it. They gave it to her. So good. Did you did you like the Cinnabare storyline? I only call her Cinnabare. <laughs> I'm sorry. I know that's not her name. I, uh was fine with it. I wasn't, like, upset it was happening or, like, confused or anything. I thought it was well done. I don't know if I thought it was entirely necessary, but it is interesting that they really fully and deeply explained the reason that she was full of yang energy. I think that's the part that I was here for. I'm not gonna say that's the part that cinched it for me, because the karaoke scene is what cinched it for me. Making a girl squad out of that was, like, perfect. That's everything I didn't know I needed. But to have an explanation for both her and Kong Bei's kind of conditions was satisfying to me. I liked it. Yeah. I thought that it was very satisfying having Kong Bei's situation explained the way it was because it's so interesting that, like, a tree that listened to the sorrows of people and was like a spirit tree that that protected the land and held on to like people's problems like they would go and pray to this tree and tell tell it their problems and then in human form that is people touch him and are immediately like like they are compelled to share their problems that is a brilliant tie back i would not have thought to do that yes Really, really liked uh, the sacred tree. Obviously would not have guessed that in a million years. I was kind of, I don't know, maybe it was like a translation thing. I was not as here for them saying like all the anger from the sacred tree being used in such a way to like help an innocent woman kill herself. The sacred tree got really angry and poured all of its anger into her baby. Is like, I'm sorry, is he also petty? Like, it's a sacred tree. Is it allowed to feel anger? That seems mm, iffy to me. I don't know much about sacred trees. Yeah, it just seems like a really human quality to be that petty. To be like, oh, you curse me? I'm going to live inside your child. Uh Uh-huh. Again, maybe a translation error. (laughs) But overall, I was here for it. I kind of liked that Kangbei was the baby of these two leads. It was kind of weird, kind of a weird little thing. 
but I liked it. I am the exact same way. I 100% agree with you that I was like, this is weird, but I am so happy for this family. I love them so much. I love that they are a family. Um, I didn't think that they needed to be a family to validate their love for each other, but it was kind of sweet that she's been working to save her child for 500 years and then he comes in clutch in the last month and helps her love again and helps her finish her little project and it was all for him all along and that was so sweet very sweet i can't believe i just called like her settling 100,000 grudges a little project i'm so sorry old jew <laughs> My bad. She would kill you for that. <laughs> but it's fine. I'll let it slide. <laughs> but yeah, I think we're we're gonna stand by like our idea that a found family does not need to be turned into a real family to be cute. Um but it was a new thing. It was interesting to see. I really liked how they did it in this drama. And it felt heartwarming and sweet. It, <laughs> I think, I think the age gap freaked me out a little more than anything. Where I was like, they're only like ten years apart in age, but you know, reincarnation and all that. She's not aging, so maybe that's that's on Wolju and Manager Gui for not getting older. But uh, cute that that's their little baby, and that. They got to meet him in the end. I'm here for it. Also, if I had a child like Kong Bei, I would be 100% more likely to have children. Like, 112% <laughs> more likely to have children. If I could guarantee that that child would just be the goodest boy or girl, but for the purposes of Kong Bei being a boy, the goodest boy in all the land then I also would just be so proud. I would be so, you know, like, you can't ask for a better kid. He's such a good boy. Okay, I I think it made all those scenes with Wolju kind of fawning over him so much less creepy. We were a little bit on the fence about how she stared at him a little bit longingly. And it's like, oh no. That's her baby. We're okay. I forgot it was these last four episodes that we found out that Manager Gui was the prince. Because it was hinted at for a long time, but I feel like if you listen to our episodes in order, I hope you didn't watch the whole show before you listened to our episodes and you were also guessing along to try and see which one of these good boys was the prince. But you know when you... When you get it wrong, after you watch the whole show and you find out that it was Manager Gui, you're like, it could only have been him. He would have been the only good choice. Yeah, I think we even kind of assumed that that was the case. That we were, like, we were pretty committed to the idea it was him. But even then, I mean, they definitely teased it. Even though he was the only mm -hmm. good choice, they teased making a bad choice. <laughs> And that's fine, but it feels like once you know, once you find out for sure that he was the prince, you're like, yes, of course, we always knew Manager Gui was. 
Thank you. Obviously. I also really liked his storyline with his mom. I loved that his mom reincarnated and was like, I was not a good mom to you. I am so sorry. I will do everything in my power to support you, my boy. It was so sad to have her snuffed the way she was, too, because she was really just trying to be a good person this time around. Like, that was her one sole purpose, was to, like, just be a better person and try to redeem actions from a past life that technically, in this life, she had no control over. Mm-hmm. And it was, like, a different time. I don't think that she was right, and I... I feel like I'll be the first person to always um, condemn classism, classist behavior, but also, like, I mean, was her reaction out of bounds for that dynasty? Probably not. It was probably on par, you know? Yeah, it wasn't like she tried to have her punished, really, in any way. She was just like... If you if you come back here, you will be punished. But as of right now, you've done us a good turn. Get off my property. Um, that will be the end of our relationship. And it's like, that seems not terrible for the times. Yeah. Feels like she could have just beheaded her right there. And that would have been mm-hmm. more on par with history and how history treated people that weren't royalty. Yeah, I'm not really sure how lovers were treated. I don't want to call her a concubine, because I I think that's an official title. And she wasn't... I guess she was sleeping with the prince. Good for you, girl. But, like, it seems like you get (laughs) the prince's protection in some way if you're chosen as his lover... But maybe not to the extent that you can stay while he's unwed. Yeah. I do, I feel like she definitely would have been killed if they had found out she was having his baby also, too, as well. Fair. Yeah. 100%. That would not have... (laughs) History is not kind to women who get pregnant out of wedlock. No. Unfortunately. Even... I don't agree with it. I just know for a fact... That history was not (laughs) kind to women who got pregnant out of wedlock. Yeah. Even with a prince's baby, I think she would have been in trouble. Like, especially with a prince's baby. (laughs) Because that kid then has a claim to the throne, and people don't like that either. That's fair. Um, I do love the good boy Kongbei, who didn't have a single toxically masculine bone in his body wherein his friends were trying to tell him that no sometimes can mean yes and he should just keep trying and he was like no i'm pretty sure no means no i'm not going to force her to be in a relationship with me that was a good arc for that boy yeah. he's the he's best good boy. at relationships i was so frustrated when everyone and their dog was like No could mean yes, you have to just keep trying. Here's the thing, sometimes, if you're annoying enough, no means yes. So, go for it. It's hard when it's perpetuated by TV, especially, because they show the woman's side and it's so clear that she does like him back. 
and maybe she just doesn't know it yet, or she's struggling with something outside of the relationship. But either way, she has made the choice to say no to being in the relationship, and they're justifying all the other characters pressuring the male to still go after her. And you're like, you're saying it's not problematic because it's a TV show and we can see that she actually does want to be in the relationship. But don't you think that could have real-world repercussions that are not as safe for everyone? Right? Like, what if she was a real person who really didn't want to be in a relationship? Because he doesn't know that, and none of them know that. None of them know what's actually going on in her head. We do, because we're viewers, so we have a special little sneak peek. But that, yeah, could really, really lead to bad news. I mean... There is the comfort in the fact that she could single-handedly beat up every single person that was trying to force her hand, like, kill them. She could literally, with her hands, kill them. Uh, which, <laughs> honestly, that might be fine with me. <laughs> but, yeah. I I was just grateful that Kong Bei was a better person than the people he was surrounded by. Yeah. Like, it sucks that he needed to be. But it's nice to see. Yeah. And it worked out. He's in a happy relationship. But he respected no means no. It just worked out that he's in a happy relationship. Yeah. Yeah, that was another aspect of the show that I was kind of surprised that there was such a happy ending to their relationship. And I was glad for it. But also, you know, I'm not against the... (laughs) The maybe less satisfying ending of them being like, maybe we don't need to be in love, but maybe we can just kind of, maybe we can help each other out, kind of cure each other of our uh, conditions that we were born with, balance each other's energies, but our fates don't demand that we be in love with each other. I would have been fine with either ending. So it's fine that they're together. I just didn't need it. Yeah. Yeah, like, if they had just ended up really good friends that, like, worked together and, like, also fought spirits together, that would have been good, too. Mm-hmm. That would have been good, too. I think there's a part of me that loves romance where people are destined to be together, but there's an even bigger part of me that loves when people can choose to be together and they're not, like... There's only one person on this earth that Kang Bei can be in love with, and there's only one person on this earth that Yorin can be in love with, and it's each other, and so they have to be together. And they kind of left that in the gray at the end, where it seemed like both of them had been relieved of their curses and maybe could live normal lives with normal relationships, so I like to hope that they're choosing to be together at this point, but it was hard that most of their relationship was based on, like, this is the only person you could ever love. Sorry. Yeah. (laughs) I mean, yeah, and they worked really well after that was alleviated, and so, yeah, I like that they ended up in a situation that they could choose eventually. Like, if they fall out of love, which sometimes people do, and we're not saying it would ever happen to these two, because look at them. They're two little puppy dogs, two little cinnamon rolls. 
But <laughs> if it ever happened, they could also now go on and find happiness with other people. And that's a comfort, too. Yeah, that's a good ending. But I think between the two love stories, I was more invested in Manager Gui and Wool Jews because they had chosen each other time and time again. For 500 like, years. For 500 years, they're all the other person wanted, and they went through so much together. I do think that the reveal could have been done a little bit more emotionally impactful. I think it was just that it was teased for too long, that, oh, she's about to find out, oh, she's about to find out, and then when she finally did find out, I was kind of like... I don't know, you could have hurt me more with it if you had done it like when the mom showed her and she was having a crisis about what she was seeing. And I know that would have cleared up too many misunderstandings too quickly. But also, mm. it was very emotional to watch her go through that and deal with that. And it was... It would have been also very interesting for her to find out that, like, Manager Gui was the prince, and, like, she's been wrong all along, and then had her kind of sort through all of those feelings, because that's when it would have hurt me the most, and I wanted to be hurt. <laughs> yeah, I think for me it was that scene that ended up, I think it was a cliffhanger between two episodes, where she walks back into the bar and says, like, who are you really? Oh, it's after she talks to Kongbei at the store and she hears the lines that he used on his girl. And she's like, where did you hear that? And he's like, manager Gui. And then she goes back to the bar, full knowing that those are the lines that were given to her 500 years ago by the prince. And she's like, manager Gui's a prince. I'm sure of it. And you can tell she's going through it. And then she confronts him and she's like, who are you? And then the next episode is him being like, I'm nobody. And I'm like, don't. I mean, just make, just let it out in the open by now. She knows. And now you're just looking like an idiot because you're lying to her. And you're making that to her... be the moment. Yeah. And like freaking now she thinks he thinks she's an idiot and that's not making anything better. Yeah, just let it out there. We got, yeah, I feel you. We got a couple too many almost reveals that turned out to be nothing. Just give us the ending. Just make them fall in love. <laughs> I'm ready. Yeah, there wasn't, there also wasn't, there was so much chemistry between them, I felt like, up until the reveal. And then they were both just so chill with, like, getting their work done and like not <laughs> I was just like okay are you not are you together are you not together I guess I don't understand <laughs> now you're the most co-worker you've ever been together <laughs> now after all of this that's fair I didn't think about it I kind of liked that they didn't change much and they just kind of flowed into a very natural relationship where they were like, we've been pining over each other for 500 years, and Wolju especially has gone on this roller coaster 
of loving him and then hating him and feeling so heartbroken by him. And it's almost like she gets a second chance at love by finding out that it's Manager Gui all along and trying to reconcile that with all these emotions she has had towards the prince. I like that they both kind of chill out and take things fairly slow and reasonably. It's not really in character for Wolju, but I like it for Wolju. I think she needed a moment to not be on her roller coaster of emotions. She needed to just be like, Manager Gui's just my boyfriend now, and we peel onions together. That's what we're gonna do for a minute. <laughs> Everyone just calm down and peel onions. <laughs> um, I did feel like it really settled them into the role of parents very quickly as well. I was like, yeah, they, they are believable parents. It's beautiful. Uh-huh. I love it. I'm here for it. <laughs> that little party they had, Kongbei's going away party. Perfect. Perfection. I loved it. It was so good. It was so sweet and just the right amount of sad and gee mm-hmm. dang it, they got me. I, I did a little tear up on that one. Oh, I was also... I was interested that they didn't do more... Remember when Kong Bay went, like, Super Saiyan and pushed an evil spirit out of death himself? Mm-hmm. Um, I kind of wish they would have leveraged that just, like, one more time. Ooh. Would have loved to see him just fully destroy all the bad guys. Every bad guy. Just, I mean, he was obviously the <laughs> most powerful. Yeah, but it also almost killed him. So I appreciated the balance of, like, clearly it took a lot out of him. It's not something he could do maybe ever again. I yeah. get it. Like, he sa- he did it to save his mom, and that's it. That's good enough. Because even death himself could not defy this uh, Wan Hyung demon. So it was really cool to be like, it takes everything in Kongbei's power, but he can do it. Yeah. He's a tough cookie. He's literally a spirit tree. <laughs> but maybe he can only be a spirit tree one time. <laughs> okay. Fine. I see you. <laughs> I feel like... I know I'm going to sound like a broken record, but I feel like I just don't have much else to say because... There is no closure in my mind. I'm still just waiting for the next four episodes. The next four episodes where they settle more grudges. To be honest, I'd watch that show for a very long time. Like, would it have the highest stakes in the world because they've already solved all of their own problems? Maybe not. Because that's kind of what raises the stakes is you have these characters that you've become attached to. But then all of a sudden it's like, oh, look at, look at that. They also have grudges. Oh boy, here we go. And so, like... Stakes are lower, but, I mean, their fifth episode slapped the hardest, so. (laughs) And that wasn't about any of them. Yeah, that was literally just them solving someone else's grudge. So I would 100% watch the show of them just solving people's grudges forever. Yeah, I almost wish it wasn't as clean an ending. Because what a reveal. End of season one, we find out Manager Gui was the prince. 
end of season two, we find out that Kang Bae is their long-lost baby. Mid-season three, we meet Manager Gui's mom, the reincarnation of the queen. And she comes back, and she's alive for a very long time because she deserves it. <laughs> and all the while, in the background, we've got Wan Hyung plotting, evading death and the gods, and working against them, because he's a petty bee. <laughs> I don't know how he needs to change. He needs to change somewhat, but he you know. He just needs to become a three-dimensional villain. He can still villain. be there. Yeah. He's got potential. Yeah. I want it. I want it forever. Yeah. I could totally... Yeah. Okay, so we've just turned this show into an American television show. Welcome to Play on K, where we take the things you love and we make them worse. But maybe better, but worse. (laughs) Sorry. (laughs) But, like, are you not on board with this idea? Because it's a good idea. It's It's a really good idea. I would watch this show for such a long time. What if they mm-hmm. found a way to hurt us more than episode five, though? Like, do we want it? Do we not? Are we afraid? I'm a little afraid. I'm afraid, but I want it. <laughs> hurt me. <laughs> oh, I'm here for it. I'm. I'm not. I don't know. I don't know how to feel about this show being over because I want to say I'm sad. I know that we're not coming back for fifteen more seasons. There might be a season two. It's very rare in drama land to have a season two, but it happens. But as it stands, we're finished. And I'm a little bit sad because we're finished. But also there's this weird hope inside of me that they will just keep making more that won't let me be truly sad. It won't let me mourn the loss of this show because I'm so convinced we'll get more of it yeah maybe just one more season where they are able to find a way to like allow maybe it's a lot more years in the future and they've settled a lot more grudges and now wolju and manager gui are ready to move in to the next reincarnation of themselves and then Later, mm. they can give birth to their good boy, Kong Bay. <laughs> You're way in the future. I was thinking, I think that would be a good ending for a season two that happens right after season one. Like, they're still hanging out with Kong Bay and Yorin. Kong Bay and Yorin maybe get married. I know we said earlier that we'd be fine if they don't end up together, but you know, it's also fine if they end up together and live happily ever after. That's very, very cute for them. But by the end of the season, it's all kind of winding down into, yeah, Manager Gui and Wolju being like, maybe we don't need to keep living in this kind of mid-middle between the afterlife and real life like we're just we're gonna prepare to move on our dear son and we're gonna say our goodbyes and there's kind of this cloud over the season but it's a it's a happy sad what if they went really far in the future and kong bay was also dying i don't know why i'm like this but i feel like that's the thing that would cause them to yeah to well it would 
be that moment where they could also reevaluate, like, okay, well, we've been doing this for a long time and we kind of came back because, like, we were ready to, like, live a peaceful life of just helping people, but also we just saw our son pass on and we love that good boy and maybe that's just the way all things go and the Mm. way we should go, too. That's fair. That sounds more like a bonus episode that they would do, like in episode 13. (laughs) They just tack it onto the end and do 80 years later when Kongbei is, what, 109 years old? He's going to live a very long time, (laughs) I know that. He's literally a sacred tree. (laughs) (laughs) And they all kind of pass on together. That's really cute. Okay, well, when they come out with that 13th episode, we'll come out with a bonus bonus episode. Double bonus. Wait for it. Double bonus. (laughs) Do you have anything else you want to finish with? I think I'm good. Me too. It's hard to say goodbye. It is. I'm glad that we're doing a bonus episode on this. I'm excited to do a little bit of research. Um, Also, if you stuck with us this long, I don't know how much of, like, the madness that recording this episode will make it into the final cut. Like, I'm going to have to do a lot of editing. Thanks for sticking with us. But just so y'all know, Emily carried this episode. Things were going very wrong on my side. (laughs) Oh, no. Um... So I'm also excited to get to record an episode, one last episode about Mystic Pop-Up Bar, wherein I get to actually talk a little bit more about my love for this show, just because this finale was hard on my end. Oh no, Raquel's having a stressful time. But yeah, thanks for thanks for carrying the episode, Emily, and thanks for everyone for sticking with us. <laughs> I think uh, I think it doesn't count as carrying the episode if you're the one going through real struggles and you still showed up, you still pulled out all the jokes, and you stuck with it. I'm <laughs> thankful for you. Stuck the landing. Stuck the landing. If you have any thoughts about this wonderful, lovely show that you'd like to share with us, please contact us. The easiest place is playonkpodcast at gmail.com. We're also on social media. We are at playonkpodcast on Instagram and at playonk on Twitter. And if you have any little little micro thoughts of stuff you want to say about this show, those are both really good places to talk to us. We love to hear from you. Yeah. If you want to find a catalog of all our episodes and be able to leave comments directly on the episodes, that's at playonk.com. There you can also find a link to our Patreon, links to our affiliates, where you can support the show and get products like NordVPN and Blueberry Podcast hosting, or you can sign up for our newsletter so you never miss when we start a new show. Yeah, and then we are also, you can find our podcast on lots of places to find podcasts, like Blueberry, Stitcher, iTunes, Spotify, and just about anywhere else, and on those sites, those streaming platforms, there's usually a way to rate, review, or subscribe a po- to a podcast. And any amount of those things that you do are incredible and amazing, and we love it and we love you. <laughs> if you want to support the show directly and get some 
bonus content, you can find us on patreon.com slash playoncate, and we would love so much to see you there. Yeah, and thank you so much for listening to this episode, and join us next week for our bonus, very final episode on Mystic Papa Barnes.